0: Welcome to Quarantined Education, a podcast series where I, your host, Ashley Mesa, sits down with people, whether it be students or teachers, and discuss their personal educational journey through the pandemic. The COVID-19 pandemic heavily impacted the education system and affected students and teachers alike across the globe in many different ways. I'm just here to share a few of those stories of what education was like through the pandemic in Portland, Oregon. Today's guest is Mr. Andrew Kronk. Mr. Kronk, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi Ashley, my name is Andrew Kronk. I'm the principal at the Beaverton Academy of Science and Engineering. I was formerly the principal of the Early College High School Program.
0: Do you mind telling us a little bit more about what BASE is?
1: The Beaverton Academy of Science and Engineering, or BASE, is an option school in the Beaverton School District. We're about 875 students strong. We are grades six through 12, and we have a focus on career technical education pathways in biomedical studies, in computer science, and in engineering. All of our students at all grade levels are taking classes in in one or more of those pathways at all times.
0: Wow. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your experience transferring from an in-person six through 12 school to virtual?
1: Yeah, I remember it really well. Friday, March 13th. That was the last day of in-person instruction uh, in 2020. And and, uh, my band was scheduled to play out at uh, a venue that night. And uh, we ended up canceling the event. And then school was canceled. Everything just started shutting down. You know, we had uh, thought we were just going to get like an extra week of spring break. Like this was just going to be, you know, the sniffles. and you know, a week, maybe two at the outside and it's just going to be business as usual. And that's just how naive I was. And I I think many people were that having never experienced a pandemic, you know, the SARS, the bird flu, that was a scare. But for most of us, it didn't touch our lives. and didn't impact our lives. But this has changed everything. So going into that was crazy. And then accepting that we were not going to come back that school year, and that we were going to be in comprehensive distance learning. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's basically like, you know, the train's barreling down the tracks and without going through a switching station, it has to make a right hand turn. So you can imagine all the cars are piling up and like <laughs> sort of a framework, but people rose to the occasion and made the best of a very challenging situation, but it was a lot of wear and tear on Uh, People and families, you know, families who had a rhythm with work and childcare suddenly have to scramble to change directions and find alternatives, you know, pooling resources in their community. And then the economic repercussions of an extended pandemic started to kick in and and families started to lose their their sources of livelihood, their income. Um, Yeah, it has been really challenging. Uh, I think the start of the 2021 school year, while we were still in CDL, we were much better prepared to do that well. And the model was direct instruction online, whereas the model of the spring before was, you know, we're putting material online, just hope people do it. So it was definitely a step in the right direction. I felt like, you know, with time that got to be reasonably stable, I guess, reasonably effective. And make no doubt there were learning losses for some students and we lost, just some students fell off the radar and in spite of our efforts to reach out and take things home and home visits, we were not able to re-engage them. But the one thing I really want to commend is just the ingenuity of my staff. We're a hands-on, project-based CTE pathway school. (laughs) And, you know, it's really hard to build a guitar, which is one of our classes, when you're not in person to use CNC machines and and all the equipment on campus. But our teachers found a way to send those kits home pre-made so that some of the stuff could be assembled at home and lots of students were very successful. And that was across the board. Teachers putting together kits and things that could work at home, over a distance, online, so that, that was wonderful to see. That was a big upside, you know, to watch the innovation and tenacity of, of the staff. You know, definitely students learn during that period. You know, it might be a little different kind of learnings, but I think a lot of students learned self-management, how to get themselves up in front of a, a class on time. You know, a lot of students might have would have normally been at school, were now at home taking care of themselves, maybe siblings and juggling it all. Now, that may not be in the curriculum, but those are life skills that people learned. In you know, that last spring, we went into hybrid, which was another pivot that took a while to adapt to, You know, teaching online and in person at the same time. It was good to see students back in the building, even on a limited basis then. And here we are now back, everyone's back in the building. And it is, it is wonderful. I mean, I get there are risks, and I think it was the right call to address the risks and manage those risks because the, the gains of learning and community and social connections, there's no doubt in my mind that we learn better in community and this is a, what we need to be doing. It is very challenging though, Ashley, just the, the different components of trying to keep the community safe. Masking, I have to say, is going well. Like. No one, no one's pushing hard on that. By and large, across the board, students, staff, community members, everyone's abiding by the the mandate, and that's working well. <clears throat> Social distancing is hard for people. I think students in particular, because you know, we miss each other. <laughs> people have their friend groups, and they've been apart for like a year and a half, and it's like crazy, like. You know, some students that I hadn't seen really since seventh grade are now ninth graders and they've grown eight inches. And you know, I looked at this guy that I knew as a seventh grader and now I, I see a little bit of beard kind of growing up around it, out <laughs> from under his mask. I'm like, what on earth is going? Oh, it's been almost two years. I, I guess that explains it, yeah. But we're doing it. Uh, the social distancing is very hard. And th- there's also just other challenges coming back that you wouldn't have expected. Lots of families are choosing not to send their kids on a bus. Well, I get that, but as you know, this building wasn't designed ever to be a school. It was the Tektronix headquarters for a long time. So we don't have like real sophisticated traffic circles and drop-offs, so it's the parking in the, the, the traffic in and out of the lot is, has been very challenging and trying to come up with new routes and so people can get in and out safely, stuff like that. And I have to say like, I think the world would be a better place without TikTok. That probably makes me very unpopular, but there's this these ridiculous challenges that go on where students are like tearing off the hand sanitizer, like the soap dispensers. I, you know, I think I've got maybe three soap dispensers left in the building and it's only the first week. And you're like, ever you need a time where people can like wash their hands with antibacterial soap, <laughs> it's like, no. So don't tear them off the wall because then they're broken
2: that's crazy. Um, I forgot that was happening I've seen yeah school.
1: it's happening everywhere it's like seriously
2: so did you did you or your staff notice any like differences because your school is sixth through twelfth grade right yeah so was there any difference between like the younger like middle school students versus high school students
1: during the online phase it seemed to me that the younger students were more likely and more willing to actually be on camera and to engage online. I felt like older students were more reluctant for whatever reason to kind of sit behind an avatar and they were there and they would engage it drawn out, but maybe there was just, I don't know, more reluctance to put yourself on an avatar or out from behind your avatar.
2: So I interviewed somebody that uh, she was a high school student. She was really behind on graduating, but then right before the pandemic, she was catching up and then everything went online. And then she, unfortunately, she didn't graduate, didn't get her high school diploma. Was that a common issue as well?
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It it has been an issue. Um, It took a lot more work to get fewer seniors across the line at graduation last year. I think given the circumstances, we did remarkably well with very few seniors not being able to finish on time. And we were able to have a plan for the few that needed some extra credits either over the summer or finishing up this year. But, you know, the thing is there's there's energy in being in person in community that is not there when you're online. And I think it is very hard to sustain your motivation and drive when you aren't getting that energy from the people around you and that support. And so people did kind of fall, fall away. And you know, my, our counselors were calling every, every other day, we were doing home visits. Uh, and those helped. I mean, we, we were able to bring a few people back in that I think would have drifted away entirely, um, but it didn't help. In every case, there were students who just did not graduate last year that might have been able to otherwise. So I think this year we've been able to bring everyone back in. We have something going on for everyone and that's something to be proud of. Mm
2: -hmm. So. So during like the peak of the pandemic, what kind of, I guess, resources was your school able to provide for students?
1: Sure, we like created a whole basically task force it's called our wellness team and every school had one and uh, social work was on it. All our counselors were on it. Our admin team was on it. Our school resource officer was on it and we would meet on a weekly basis and we would take referrals from families. We would take referrals from staff. We would look at academic attendance and grade progress and proactively reach out whenever we could. And that's, that was the group that would send people out to knock on doors. That's where we would learn like, okay, this family's internet is down. So let's get them a cellular uplink or they need food. Let's get them, you know, a food basket or a, a turkey for Thanksgiving. You know, they need, uh, they're unable to pay the rent. Let's get them hooked up with rent assistance or a moratorium. So I think that's, that's kind of how we addressed that, that piece, having a sort of rapid response team that looked, you know, every week got together and looked, See what we could what could be done. Yeah. And that was district wide. Every school had a team like that.
2: So the school board, Brewer-ish and School District, they were very supportive. Would say, would you say?
1: I would say very proactive. Yes, it, you know, it wasn't like, uh, hey, if you feel like doing this, <laughs> it's a, probably a good idea. It was like, everyone, you're doing this, and here's the minimum complement of people and positions you need on that team, and here's some ways to get started. And we took, we kind t- of t- took it from there. It was good. It was good to have that support and direction.
2: So. Since BASE is an option school, right? So was there a drop in like people applying to go there or, choose, or just going to the home school instead of... Is it an application process? I'm not really sure. How.
1: It's a lottery, so you have to apply to be in the lottery. And then there's a second consideration if the lottery doesn't work out. You know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, still we had a, an overwhelming number of applications but it was only our first year operating as the new school as base. And the you know the year before that, we had a record number. So we didn't have quite as many as the last year, but still way more than we could possibly accommodate. So hundreds of names on the wait list. What I noticed is that we weren't able to do the same sort of informational nights and recruiting events that we've done in the past. So like impact-wise, it seemed to change the composition of the pool of applicants. You know, I think when we have our open houses and our student preview days, you know, those events tend to tip people that are curious and interested into the pool. Whereas in absence of those, you get more your traditional hardcore people who known all along they wanted to go into either biomedical or engineering or science. And they, when you're dealing with just that group, it tends to be mostly boys. So, whereas for the last two years, our gender parity has had become much, much better because of our outreach efforts. This last year, we lost ground with attracting young women to our our, our programs, which is unfortunate. something I hope we can remedy this year.
2: When did it go from HS2 to base?
1: Officially, SST and HS2 merged on July 1st, 2020.
2: Oh, did you use um, Zoom or a different platform?
1: We use Zoom just yeah. like we're zooming now. That's <laughs> interesting because I never was I didn't do a whole lot of I'd used Google Meets a little bit and wasn't familiar with Zoom, didn't do Microsoft Teams. And now like it's much more part of my regular existence. You know, when I have a doctor's appointment I, most of the time I'm just zooming with my doctor. I have a, a, a guitar lesson every week. I'm not driving across town at five o'clock. I just get online on my Zoom and we're just jamming on the guitar on camera. That works great. Like there are some upsides of of having been forced to adapt to a new set of circumstances that are going to stay with us long after the pandemic is over. Like I did all my interviewing over Zoom for most of the positions of this year and all the positions last year. And that's fine. And so now I'm like, I'm very comfortable offering an interview now in person or on Zoom, and there are times that's better for both parties, and I don't feel like there's an advantage either way. There's not an advantage coming in person. I think some people might think it is, but I get the same sort of information visually and making that connection with the candidate online that if they're sitting in the conference room with me, like, I'm going to do that for always now, just always do it.
2: Yeah, it's a great tool that just kind of came at the right moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Boy, I wish I had, uh, had the savvy to invest uh, stock, <laughs> you know, invest in like Zoom stock like, like uh, two years ago.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. So on the subject of like mental health, did a lot of students come to counseling for help with like because they were stuck at home all the time, was there a lot like a rise in people coming to your school counselors to talk, anything like that? Was there any? Anything- yeah,
1: I mean, sure. It, the isolation is has a tremendous effect on people's state of mind and wellness. So there was a significant uptick in the kind of conversations our counselors were having and the referrals they were making. Because our guidance counselors are not really set up to do long term. Sort of therapeutic care, so you know, a lot more referrals to agencies that that's what they focus on, yeah. And we saw it among the students, but it, I, I also know that it took a toll on the adults. Like, these have been hard years, yeah. long, <laughs> long months oh of isolation from each other and having to constantly adapt to changing circumstances and constantly pivot with, you know, guidance that can change from week to week and, you know, always being, you know, I I feel very keenly the responsibility of keeping everyone safe in this community. And as the principal, you know, the buck stops here and I feel it. And I know my colleagues at other schools who are principals feel it. And I know as a group, we're not sleeping well, (laughs) there's so many demands and, you know, any of us can rise to the occasion and go that extra mile in a crisis for a while. But I don't think anyone's designed to do prolonged crisis-level energies for months and months and months and, you know, coming up on two years. It takes its toll. You know, it was good to have a break over the summer, but I don't think any of us were able to completely reset to pre-pandemic levels of energy. Yeah. Yeah, some hard miles.
2: Was there any support systems for teachers? Or they've kind of had their own thing, I assume?
1: Well, you know, the district provides avenues of support as part of what is offered to all staff. I think we tried to make some extra efforts to connect in whatever ways we could, you know, we were able to do a couple things together on campus. We did them outside. This is before you know this year started, but you know when the hybrid started, we hadn't seen each other in a year. It was good. It, you know, We had an opening circle out in front of the school. We had a sort of a pandemic school bell that had been ringing in my neighborhood. I, I brought that in and we rang that bell, kind of woke the Phoenix up and got ourselves going again and tried to find small ways to connect with each other whenever we could
2: i sure yeah have where teachers like did you see were they more lenient online with students and their homework and stuff flexible and now that it's in person has that flexibility like not really been there I've noticed it in, at school but I'm I'm going to Pacific I don't know how different it is in like high schools right now I don't know if it's like,
1: oh yeah I mean it's one of the things we learned quickly you just can't go at the same pace and in the format we had in in CDL or in hybrid. We had to focus on just uh, essential learning targets, core targets, and bring the pace down a bit. We had to be super flexible with deadlines. We had to provide alternative ways to show learning. Yeah,
0: yep. Yeah, I bet.
1: And I, I would say a lot of that's still going on. I think, we are trying to, to the degree possible, return to the, the full set of targets for classes, but there still may need to be some flexibility there. You know, it is going to take a while for students that have been out for a year and a half to kind of get back in the rhythm of being a professional student again.
2: Was there a, a struggle in getting seniors to apply for like college last year during the pen, like during being online and everything? I know there was like a drop in college applications, scholarship application, FAFSA, OSAC, things like that. Was that a problem at your school?
1: It seemed like fewer students were applying for financial aid, which suggests to me that fewer students were also applying to colleges. I think more people opted for a gap year or to go to work for a while. You know, it's exciting to go to college. But less exciting when you're just zooming it in not at the college so i think a lot of people decided you know why would i pay the tuition for this experience that's eh, sub subprime i'll go work for a while and then try this again when i can go in person
2: yeah definitely i've seen that pattern within a lot of people i've interviewed
1: i guess i want to end on a, a hopeful note that uh, yeah, this, it, the Delta variant is very scary and we still have miles to go before we can rest. <laughs> that being said, coming back in person was the right thing to do. And we can mitigate the risks to some extent. And by coming together as a community and practicing social distancing and, and abiding by the mask mandates and you know washing our hands, is, Sanitizing, you know, this is going to change us, but not break us. So, I am, I continue to be hopeful, and I continue to feel positive, and I, I am re-energized by just the joy in the building, seeing students together. Though I, I'm going to still say I think I, I could do without TikTok. <laughs> For sure.
2: All right. Well, that's everything I have. Thank you so much for this.
1: I I hope the the footage is good and it's what you needed and helps you on the next step of your journey.
2: Thank you. Thank
0: you so much.
1: You're very welcome. Take care, Ashley.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tune in on my next episode where I'll interview somebody else with a different perspective of what their journey was like through the pandemic in education. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Ashley Messa, and I'll see you next time.